What's up? It's me, your boy, Alex, the host of America's most popular podcast, uh, according to me. Um, What's the deal? And uh, my name is Alex, and I'm the host of What's the the Deal? And uh, we're, we're arguably the greatest podcast ever created. And I say we, uh, it's just me. Uh, that's, how, that's how incredible it is. It seems like there are more people working. Uh, no, it's just me. I'm in the sweatshop, all right? So, and as always, we start our, and I say ours, but it's, it's mine. It's my podcast. We start my my podcast with things that I hate or just dislike, you know, but I just round up to hate. And the first thing that I want to talk about hating and that I experienced today was when you call you know, somebody or a company or something, and you get the line is busy signal, that noise is awful. I like, why does it need to be so annoying and so terrible? Why? Just tell me the line is busy. That's all I need to know. How is that like, like that doesn't like, I know what it's, I know what that means, what that indicates, but like, why has it got to be that noise? Is that how it's going to be forever? Like 50 years from now? That's what the Line is busy. That's crazy. I hate that. That that is something I actually hate, not just dislike. The next thing, which is, I mean, everybody, some people don't really care or don't really focus on it too much, you know, but it's sweating, just sweating in general. I understand that it's saving my life. If I couldn't sweat, then I'd die. You know, I could, cool, I could not cool myself off and uh, outside. I would be like cold-blooded, I guess. Um, I'd have to be in a cave somewhere. But that's not the case. I have to sweat to stay cool. And sweating by itself from a scientific point of view, it's pretty cool, right? Like, I don't know why, you know, if you want to be, you want to go with like God created people or evolution just kind of randomly created people. Either way, it's pretty crazy that the mechanism that we use to cool ourselves off is by like emitting water from everywhere on our bodies so that it will evaporate away off our skin and carry a little bit of heat with it. That's crazy to me. That's like, that's why when you get sweaty and you sit in front of a fan, it feels so cold. Um, but outside of that, if you take a step back and experience it in real life, it's awful. And there are people out there who um, maybe they sweat, everyone sweats, right? but maybe they don't sweat as much as other people. They don't really think about it that much. It's not the big deal. Brother, I sweat all the time. I'm sweating right now. I'm not even doing anything. I'm sitting down. I'm sitting down doing nothing. I'm sweating. And then on top of that, I'm in the South, which is very hot, especially during this time of the year. I know it's September, so you're thinking to yourself, like, hmm, it should start getting cooler. It's like, what do you think this is? Like Boston or something? Go there if you want it to be cold. But... I hate sweating because I get stinky. You know, I have to be very strategic on the shirts that I wear because uh, I don't want to like have people looking at my pit stains. Um, it was a big source of insecurity for me in high school. I would have weightlifting as a class, or PE, or whatever you want to call it. But I was on the basketball team, so that we used we did weightlifting, and then that was I had that second period, and so then I had to go straight from there to English and sit down. And I'd be just pouring sweat. And I was so embarrassed, which would make me sweat more. And then I'd be embarrassed. It was just a never-ending cycle. 
Um, but yeah, I hate it. Even though it's helping me live and you know, it has a job and it has a purpose and all that stuff, I wish there was just some other way. You know what I mean? Just some other way. Because being sweaty is just, it's uncomfortable, right? Like it's just not like enjoyable or even neutral. It's not even like, yeah, whatever. Um, it's actively terrible. And a lot of people try to avoid it, uh, which is just more proof that it sucks. And I hate it. And it I, again, I'll round up. I, I don't even have to round up for this sweating. I hate it. I hate sweating, but I but I need it. So there's there's that. And then this is a, a thing that I hate, um, and it's a little political, but they are recalling it's either, I think it's Gary Newsom. Is this is Newsom or Newman? Who cares? The guy is terrible. I should probably know. I'm pretty sure it's Gary Newsom. Um, but they're going to recall him. Uh, are there, I always thought in recall elections that they would send out ballots and see if they even wanted to recall the governor. And then once people said yes, then you'd like vote on it. Then you just send another ballot out, and then that would be the vote replace but this is like a two for one because the way it's they do it in california i guess is that they're going to be sending out ballots to every person in california and it's going to be do you want uh there to be a recall and then two who do you want if yes then who do you want to take his place if no just mail it back so there's a guy running his name is larry elder i think i've played a couple of his clips on the show before and talked about him um, but he's running and, uh, it doesn't take long to realize when you watch him speak and stuff, um, that he's a black man <laughs> and he's on the right. He's very libertarian. He, that's how he self-describes himself. Um, that was very repetitive. Um, but I'm not sure what, uh, newspaper or blog or whatever had this, but, uh, they were calling Larry Eller just because he thought differently from them that he's a white supremacist in blackface. So there's two parts in here that are uh, abhorrently ignorant and stupid, is the white supremacist part. I guess you theoretically could be a black person and believe in white supremacy. You just are like, I'm black and I understand that I will never be as good as a white person, I guess. But Larry Elder is not that. Uh, and then in blackface, that's just his face. He can't, he's a black dude. He's got a black face. I don't, why they got to throw it in there? Like it's a bad thing. That's just his face, bro. Like, so yeah, I hate that. I hate that Larry Elder, just because he doesn't, you know, say the right things at the right time, uh, he gets thrown out and called everything from Uncle Tom to apparently a white supremacist. Um, it's really terrible uh, the way people treat, like if Larry Elder, uh, was on the left and wanted to recall because he thought he had better ideas, but they're just more lefty ideas. There's no way any of this stuff would come up. But the fact that he, he thinks differently, that's the problem. We can't have that. We can't have any black person think for themselves, be self-sufficient, figure it out, do their own research. We cannot have that happen. Like I've said before, the Democratic Party's worst nightmare and their least favorite thing is when a black person learns to be self-sufficient um, <clears throat> and doesn't need them anymore. So I hate that. I hate that sentiment towards someone like Larry Elder, who is a pretty stand-up guy, in my opinion. Um, but next, I want to 
I don't know if this will be a, a, a reoccurring thing, but you know, just some interesting thoughts I'll have throughout the day. Luckily, I, I had this one um, as I was coming home just now, so it'll be fresh in my mind because I do think of things, but then I just usually will Google it and then get the answer and forget about it, um, so I don't bring it up on the, on the podcast. But it was an interesting thought. I don't know why. I don't know what caused me to think this, but um, when they say something is uh, artificial, right? I, I'm sure I could look up the dictionary, but in my mind, artificial just means not from nature. Right? It's not, you know, it's not found in nature. Um, but what's interesting is that when you break something down when you, enough, you go enough layers deep, you're just going to get to the raw elements that made that thing, which came from the earth and is organic and natural. So I was just thinking like everything is natural. And then nothing is artificial because you can't make anything, create something, some sort of product or do anything on, on earth and not use um, supplies and things from earth to build your thing. So I understand the sentiment behind like um, non-GMO or whatever, um, but like artificial turf or artificial this or whatever. It's like, I mean, it's still made of stuff that came from Earth. So, you know, I, where is the line? You know, if I were to grow a plant, like a tomato plant, and then, uh, like, plucked it, this is like, that's still natural. But if I, you know, like, where's the line between something being natural and then becoming artificial, right? Because if I just have carbon, that's not, you know, that's not by that, that by itself is natural. But if, you know, carbon is attached to a bunch of other things, now you got a whole different compound and a whole different substance that is considered artificial. But all of those ingredients came from Earth. So I don't know, maybe that, that's stupid and not interesting, but I thought it was a, at least thought provoking. You know what I mean? Next, I want to cover a story from The Daily Wire. It's pretty incredible. Uh, this is from today, September 4th. Uh, the headline says, China bans, quote, sissy or girly men from TV. Um, so on September 3rd, Amazon released a remake of Cinderella. In China, a production like this just became illegal. Insane. Uh, they apparently have a National Radio and Television Administration, uh, and they... They want to keep effeminate men off Chinese screens. Um, and then using the, the term, I, I'm not gonna like try to pronounce this, is a slur for men who exhibit womanly characteristics. Um, so the official call for, quote, putting an end to sissy men and other abnormal aesthetics on, tel on TV. That's insane. Um, a, so there's a couple points on me. So, First, this is classic China. China sucks. I don't know why, like, we, we aren't doing more. Like, we should be having a Cold War with China. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, like, they are going to be bad for the world in the long term and in, even in the near term. They are bad right now. Um, but my second thing I was thinking of is that they have an agency, an administration for national radio and television kind of sounds like the FCC. So 
Um, this could happen here in America. Maybe not to keep girly girls, quote unquote, from being on TV or anything like that, but they could censor a lot more stuff. And they have that power to do that. Um, the, the FCC regulations that they can just create by people that you didn't vote for uh, is insane. Um, and so this this thing that China did is really terrible, but it's also something that the U.S. government has a capacity to do, which it shouldn't. It shouldn't even have the ability, not just like choosing to not do this. Um, it's like, oh, they can't. They don't have any way of doing it because we don't have that, you know, bureaucracy in the government. I just thought, I mean, I mean, it's kind of newsworthy, but it's also like not shocking, I guess. Um, China will incarcerate gays and Uyghur Muslims and anyone who's not like pure Chinese. They'll, I mean, they're going to come after you in ways that I don't really fully understand. Um, I mean, because the, the government controls the internet, so it's not like a lot of stuff can get out. Uh, and then if you did, that's like risking your life. So uh, I just thought it was interesting that they um, don't want girly girls. That's in quotes from this guy, I guess. Girly, girly girls. Sissies. <laughs> so very interesting of China. So that was just a quick little Chinese story that I found that uh, seemed interesting to me. And then the, the parallel with the government of the United States having that same capability, uh, which is kind of scary. But next is a little politi political, but uh, it's on the NBA subreddit. Um, and like, I'll be honest, I like Charles Barkley. Uh, I think he's funny. Um, that that man, but he's he does not give a crap at all, which I respect, and that's part of the reason. One of the reasons why I like him is that he just does not care, right? Which is funny because what I'm about to quote him uh, seems a little different than that. Um, so the headline says, Charles Barkley slams anti-vax athletes as selfish. I've heard these idiots talk about chips in it. I heard people talking about the government wants to follow us around. They can follow us around anyway. Everybody got a cell phone. What are you doing that you're worried about people following you? Um, so I don't have to read the full like article or whatever, but the, the idea is the same that a lot of people on the left would kind of regurgitate on you anytime you talk about it. If in a room of 10 people, there are nine people who are vaccinated and one guy who isn't, what, who cares? What's going to happen? I mean, that, that's the whole point of the vaccine is to not get the disease. <laughs> so I don't understand because there's a video clip attached to it. that says that it's, you know, it's selfish, right? That you're, you're going to hurt someone else. I'm like, well, if they are vaccinated, then I'm not going to hurt them. Right. That's what I thought. Is that, is that not how vaccines work? Because this makes me want to not take the vaccine even more. Because apparently it doesn't even do anything. It doesn't even work. So, and then to come from Charles Barkley, like, <laughs> come on, son. You're better than that. Stay out of this. You don't need to comment on COVID. No one cares what you think, Charles Barkley. Good Lord. It's like that skit from uh, the Chappelle show. You know, right? His skit was like, Right after 9-11 happened, uh, we got Ja Rule on the Ja Rule on the phone right now. Ja, what you got to say? You know, where's Ja? We gotta get his opinion on this. It's like 
Charles Barkley was a big fat guy who was good at basketball like 30 years ago. And it is now taking a stance on that, on the, on this COVID-19 vaccine. Uh, it's just ridiculous. I think, um, because what is the point? Like I said, I'm repeating myself, but if, if I get vaccinated and there's risks associated with that and there's like, you know, everyone I've talked to that's gotten it, they complain about injection site pain and they usually are sick the next day. Um, it's usually after the second shot. There might be other vaccines that are just one shot. Maybe it's different. I don't know. Um, but I, th- I, fi- I thought you were like good at that point. Like, oh, yeah, I'm vaccinated, so we're good. Like, you know, if I get it, it would be very mild because, uh, I mean, not no vaccine is perfect. So there are going to be breakthroughs. But other than that, it should be totally fine. So why, if I'm, how could I infect other people that get vaccines? Is he, is the argument that he's making that I would get other anti-vax people sick? Is I thought, I guess that'd still be me being selfish, but it just seems like Charles Barkley and the whole left in general just hate these people that don't get, to, that, that haven't gotten the vaccine yet. Um, but the only people that I would be infecting would be other people who didn't get the vaccine when they can. So if they go out into the world and get it, that's on them, just like it's on me if I get COVID. You know, I, I just like at this point, it should be just a personal medical decision that you as an individual make for yourself. There's no room for the government, no room for regulation or mandates. It's just you your doctor, if you choose that, or you, you can replace your doctor with your principles or, or have both really. Um, I think if you're a young, healthy person, I feel like the risks associated with the vaccines versus what is the experience of COVID. Um, because I tested positive for COVID right at the beginning of this year. And it might have been a false positive, who knows? But I didn't like feel anything. I, I mean, I guess I was asymptomatic. I get, but like I don't vividly remember. Like it, if it's supposed to be like the flu, but way worse, I I didn't really feel that way. You know what I mean? So uh, I don't know. I just hate this whole I don't know talking point from anti-vax people. It's like anti-vax they're not anti-vaccines like i'm sure they they've gotten vaccines before they're just worried about this one um and not too long ago when joe biden was not president and it was before the election there are tons of people on the left with blue check marks on twitter i'm sure charles barkley might have been in the same group who was like uh when the vaccine comes out i'm gonna like not take it you know, you know, just kind of let it sit there for a little bit before I decide to get it for myself. And then all of a sudden their ideas and their opinions change because there's a different guy in the White House and he has a, a D next to his name. So now they're like, oh, yeah, well, I'll take it instantly. I don't care what's in it. You know, just give it to me. Um, I just my personal belief is that you don't ever want to be like the beta tester right for a product i know it's free the vaccine's free but 
It's not free in the sense of what it could do to your body, what it could do to you. And obviously those odds are very low, um, but still, um, these athletes are not anti-vax. They're just this one because it was so rapidly developed. It skipped a lot of hoops, you know? I just don't want to be the... I know it's, the vaccines have been out for a while, but I just feel like I have more to lose, more more of an opportunity to lose something, whether it be getting sick or just feeling uncomfortable, than I would if I somehow got COVID again, which I'm not sure you can even really do. So uh, my takeaways from this is that Charles Barkley is gonna he's gonna Barkley, you know that's just his thing. Um, so, but I also make my stance clear on mandates for, for the COVID-19 vaccine. I'm totally down if a private business wants to enact some sort of like filter. Like if you're not vaccinated, you can't work here. Because um, I, I believe businesses can do whatever they want. Because if that restaurant says, no, we don't want to take your business because you're not vaccinated, there will be some other restaurant that will take your business. So... Um, I, I don't understand, but I still love Charles Barkley, regardless of what he says. This is just one little like a dent, um, whatever, just stick to basketball. Really? You know what I mean? I know that's like not a nice thing to say. I remember everyone getting bent out of shape when, uh, who was it? Some Ann Coulter told LeBron to dribble the basketball and shut up. Everyone got all mad about it. I'm like, I mean, She's kind of right, you know what I mean? Stick to what you're good at, you know? Charles Barkley, you know basketball. You played in the NBA for a long time. Got no rings. Just going to throw that out there. But he did play and was good in the NBA. So that that's where your expertise lie, is in the NBA and basketball, not COVID. <laughs> so you know, it just shows you how political stuff like this has gotten. All right, so some non-political but still NBA news it's not really news that's that's an exaggeration <laughs> george carl who used to be head coach for several teams in the nba uh tweeted out um a picture or he, i guess he's he's quoting another tweet um and it has a roster for the uh, la lakers and george carl tweet says this team is headed straight to the 2012-2013 NBA championship. And why would he be saying that? Because the <laughs> the roster is old as all get out. LeBron James is 36. He will turn 37 during the next season. Anthony Davis is only 28. Um, he was drafted in 2012. So Russ Westbrook obviously is like 30-something. Carmelo, 30-something. Dwight, 30-something. Uh, Rondo, old, Trevor Reza, old. And then um, they still have Marcus All, but not for much longer. He's old. DeAndre Jordan, I think he's in his 30s. Um, but I, I disagree with this take, this hot, hot, sizzling take on the LA Lakers. Um, I just, <laughs> looking at this team, you'd be like, wow, yeah, there's a lot of like age. But you have to understand they're not playing for the regular season, right? They just they just want to like get a somewhat decent seed and get in the playoffs. That's it. So they probably won't because LeBron doesn't usually do this, but they should probably load balance. Definitely Anthony Davis because he has 
class for ankles and then Russell so that he doesn't like overdo it. Um, so I'd really lean heavily on the younger guys on this group, like Malik Monk and uh, Kendrick Nunn to kind of run things. And then THT could do some good work. Dwight is still useful, you know. So if your big three core is LeBron, Davis, and Westbrook, that's not like bad, you know what I mean? So he's like, this team is headed straight to the 2012-2013 championship. It's like, I think with this roster, they could reach the NBA championship. Um, I'd have to see uh, what the deal is with the Suns. If they're bringing everybody back. Did somebody leave? Um, but coming from I, this, I mean, George Carl is like pretty famous for not having great relationships with his team teammate, or I guess his not teammates, but his players as a coach. And, uh, and people talk crap about him to this day still. So it's not surprising that he would say something like that about the Lakers. I think he's always hated the Lakers too. Um, but I don't see anything that's like terrible with this. I mean, we, it can work if you got the coaching, right? Which that's kind of like split between the actual coach and LeBron, um, Russell, just don't shoot any threes. Maybe you can attempt like one or two if you want to, you know, like Giannis does. But it ain't working, dog. Like your career, barely thirty percent three point shooter. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a lot of when I when I look at his jump shot and the way he shoots, sometimes there are so many like flaws in it that are obvious to just anybody. The lay could see like, wow, that doesn't look right. Um, as long as he is the the dribbler and runs the offense, you know, like he can. Uh, oh, and also I forgot Carmelo Anthony. He's old as dirt too. Same, you know, same class as LeBron, I think. So, if Russell Westbrook is just running the offense, then that you know, and his biggest thing is driving to the hoop, um, maybe taking a free throw like that elbow jumper, um, which is going to bring people to the center. He can kick it out. People rotate. I think there, there's there's easily a there are really easy ways to find out what lineups work. Right. So I would not be surprised if like for the first 10 to 15 games of the season, the Lakers are not looking too good, but then they start to like click and get well adjusted. So because your starting five is LeBron, Davis, Westbrook, Carmelo Anthony, and then Dwight Howard. Um, it's not that's not a bad team. I'm, I'm just like I'm thinking about the matchups that they would have in the West and then in the finals. Um it really depends on just can they stay healthy and uh, hopefully they didn't just regress a ton over the offseason. So uh, I just thought I'd throw, it in, throw that in there as more NBA news, but oh, not even news again. It's just some dude tweeting. It's not news. But um, yeah, obviously George Carl is a little salty, I guess. So this is kind of a first for me uh, on the podcast is uh, looking at a rap song or any song really. But this just happens to be a rap song. And kind of talking about some of the lines, verses that I like. Um, And so J. J. Cole's uh, KOD album came out a couple years ago. Um, It's it's pretty good. It's a really good album. Um, But there's one song called uh, Kevin's Heart, right? And it's not about Kevin Hart. I don't know why you call it that. And I don't care about looking up why. 
I'm just I just want to talk about a few things that are written in here that I like and why and this this to me shows that J. Cole is the best that there is right now. Um, everyone has their opinions purely subjective, but I just like him as an artist. And so in the first like verse after the you know, they start with that I guess the chorus. Um, and then in verse one, so the song starts off in the pre-chorus. It says, she my number one, I don't need nothing on the side, said that I was done for good and don't want no more lies, but my phone be blowing up, temptations on my line. I stare at the screen a while before I press decline. And then that's kind of the, the mood, that's the, the context for the song. Um, but you could replace she with um, anything. And then uh, the, the phone blowing up, temptations on my line, you could replace that with something else. In this case, the song is about, I think, um, him loving his girl, but being tempted to go out and pursue other women. And so there's a line in verse one that says, um, so guilt, <laughs> make an inward feel fake when you smile. Love you can get confused in the mind of a child because love wouldn't lie like I lie and it's wild. I want to have my cake and another cake too, even if the baker don't bake like you and even if the flavor don't taste like you. And the reason I'm, I'm bringing up this line is that it's powerful, I think. I think it, it speaks a true thing, right? This is a true thing. Because love wouldn't lie like I lie and it's wild, right? Um, it's really relevant for me. Um, so, because it just makes sense. If, if you love somebody, you wouldn't lie to them. You wouldn't de be deceptive. You wouldn't try to pull a fast one. You wouldn't do any of this stuff. But it says, you know, I want to have my cake and another cake too, right? Um, and then it's, it, this is where, where I think he's talking about a girl, even if the baker don't bake like you. Or, but you can replace and make it work for, for your circumstance. Um, but it's like when I lie and I want to have the relationship and all the good stuff that comes with it, but I'm not, I'm going to lie and cheat and be de deceitful. Uh, so that's me wanting to have my cake and then another cake too. Like he said, um, cause love can get confused in your mind. You know what I mean? It can, it can be complicated to kind of like figure that out. And so, um, I like that line. And then down, um, at the bottom of the same verse, it says, uh, right after he says the flavor don't taste like you, it says, so I'm back mobbing with the late night crew. It says mobbing. I guess that just means hanging out with your friends. I don't know. Uh, all in your mind with fears that would come true. The back of my mind, the back of my mind was you. Um, so it's like he knows. It's like referring to this scripture almost in the Bible about, I think it, I think Paul, Paul wrote a lot of the New, the New Testament, so that's probably a safe bet. Um, just you know what you, you're supposed to do, but you don't want to do it. You just don't. And the, the back of my mind, the back of my mind was you, um, I think shows that he still thinks about her, but it's the back of his mind. It's not what's most important at this time. Um, so then there's another, uh, at the end, verse two, 
It says, I love her. I don't want to lose her. I'm selfish. I know that I use her. My ego gets stroked and I bruise her. My actions, I know they're confusing. At home, I look happy as usual. On the road, I'm a Mac. I'm a chooser. I'm an addict. I'm asking Kevin's heart. And I want to talk about this verse because I just connect with it personally. Um, I love her. I don't want to lose her. But I'm selfish and I know that I use her. I mean... Um, just for me personally, I can't speak for anybody else and make general, general statements about the public, but I know for me, um, I relate to these two lines. I love her. I don't want to lose. I don't want to lose her. I love her, but I'm selfish. And I know that I use her. Um, I don't, when he says my ego gets struck and I bruise her, I don't think he literally means like bruise, bruise, like hits her. Um, it's more meta- like a uh, metaphor. Um, then my actions, I know they're confusing, right? Uh, yeah, of course it's confusing. Like, I thought you loved me. Why are you doing this? Um, so yeah, I just, I really like some of the lines in this song. Um, maybe I'll make this a reoccurring thing, thing on the pod podcast is like talk about and go and kind of go through my favorite parts of a song. So yeah, um, that's J. Cole, Kevin's Heart on his KOD album. Oh, and one more song. This will be short. Uh, it's a Childish Gambino song called Sweatpants from, I think, uh, Because the Internet or something like that is what it's called, the album. Um, but I just think it... He's a very talented uh, everything, just creative person. He's an actor. He can rap. He can do a lot of different stuff. He can make his own beats, stuff like that. Um, but there's this line in here that I, I mean, I don't know if this is true or not or whatever, but it says rich forever. A million was not the quota. My father owned half the MoMA and did it with no diploma. Like how lucky of a line, you know, he could be lying. Maybe this is not true. His father doesn't own, he, it says owned. So I guess he doesn't have it anymore, but he had at one point half the MoMA and had no diploma, you know, which is confusing because you get a diploma when you graduate high school. You also get a diploma when you graduate college. So I don't know. I just think that for him to be able to write that line, he's so lucky that his dad owned half the MoMA so that he can rhyme that with diploma. Genius. So I thought that was pretty good. But there's a line really close to this one. There's two lines and then this one says and i'm to fly jeff goldblum what what does that what does that mean oh apparently it means that he was an actor in the 1986 version of the fly it's a very uh obscure throwback rap shout out i guess i don't understand um yeah so i would recommend childish gambino he's very talented um yeah 2013 it's been a while since it's come out since it's come out Man, I feel old, um, but it's it's a good one. I definitely would recommend it. But I just thought I thought that when I was pulling because I was listening to this song, and I was like, man, how lucky that your dad owns something is involved with the MoMA in some way, so that you have an easy line to rhyme with diploma. So uh, I just thought that was like kind of funny, um, but interesting at the same time. Now I want to talk about some personal news. This is my first-hand account of uh, 
of the situation that uh, happened this morning. Um, I woke up like normal. Everything's fine. I didn't notice anything different. Just a normal Saturday. Um, I get up, go downstairs, let the dogs out, get them breakfast, all that stuff. And then I notice I have two dogs. One is Toby, one is Stanley. And Toby is the older brother. Um, he, they're both Chihuahua mixes. Um, but Toby wouldn't open his right eye. Like I'd look at him and he'd look right back at me with just the one eye shut. I was like, that was weird. So I go over there and I'm petting him, see if he'll just open it, you know, what's going on. And then I try to like open his eyelids to see like, is something wrong? And I could feel him like pushing down hard, like trying to hold it closed harder. So clearly it hurts. He doesn't want people to touch it. So I look, I'm able to get it open because uh, I'm stronger than my dog. Um, and yeah, I was really, really red and irritated. Um, so I'm like, man, this sucks. Uh, it obviously apparently hurts so bad that he has to like close, keep his eyes closed. That, that sounds miserable. And it's the Saturday before Labor Day. So, uh, if, you know, I can't really wait it out. I guess I could wait till tomorrow to see if it gets any better by itself. But then I'd have to take him to like a vet ER if it didn't, you know? So I was able to see my normal vet today. And yeah, they have this special dye that they like shoot into his eyeball, basically. That, that's what it looked like. You know how like when you, when humans apply eye drops, they look up and it's like drops in their eyes. That's not the case with dogs. We just, they, he was holding his eyelids open and just squirting at the, Toby's eye. You, know, you gotta do what you gotta do. And it's a dye that will show you like imperfections in the cornea. If there's any scratches or ulcers or something like that. And lo and behold, there's an enormous scratch on his eye. And so he was like, well, found it. <laughs> so he, Toby was prescribed some, you know, mild painkiller. Um, and then this ointment. Yeah, I said it, ointment, not drops. It's not liquid, it's an ointment. Um, apply this thin line of ointment to his eyeball <laughs> and the vet made it look so easy when he when he did it the first time at the vet and then i tried it later eight hours later because i have to do that three times a day um it was a pain in the butt i mean i know it's just me but he did it i mean i guess he did have that other lady to help but um but that, that just sounds awful right like i there's no drops you don't have drops for this it has to be an ointment really because it's like uh like neosporin that's what it looks like like imagine just you know a thin ribbon of neosporin across your eyeball that's gotta be terrible so luckily i was able to see somebody and then it ended up not being a big deal because if you google like why won't my dog open his eye uh it could be anything from oh uh something really small like I think we had the best case scenario which was that it was a scratch and not like an infection or something worse so he should be good to go I would say probably less than a week they told me about a week um, but it's been uh, about 12 hours and he already looks better um, when I got home tonight he had both his eyes looking at me uh, so and it looked a lot less red than it used to. So um, that's just kind of something that 
I woke up to this morning and was like, man, I, I, I got to do something. Because I was like, yeah, maybe I can wait it out. Maybe. But then when I started Googling that, like, it could be really bad stuff, potentially. So I was like, I need I, I, I need to see something. So I called my vet. I got the line is busy. And that's why that was in the things that I hate. So then I called just vet after vet around my area. And all of them don't take walk-ins day up. Um, but then before I give up and go to a ER, a vet ER or something, I call my original, my home vet, and they answered now. So I was able to see them right away. It was pretty funny because the receptionist had said that, uh, you know, asked me which dog is it because I gave her my name. It was Toby. And then I said, yeah, he's, he's real watery and teary on his right eye and he has it closed all the time. And that's all I said. And she was like, can you come in right now? <laughs> and so I was like, uh, yeah, yeah, I can't totally. So that's what I did. Um, and I'm, I'm glad because I, th- I think it's making a difference for him. So um, I just wanted to kind of open the curtain a little bit, you know, open the door and get a little peek of what my life is like, you know, with uh, my two sons. So next, I, like always, want to talk about some stuff that I saw on Reddit. Um, and this is in our, this is in the subreddit called No Stupid Questions. And so I go through some of these and I determine if they're stupid or not. And then I'll explain why. So the top post today in the subreddit, 16,000 people upvoted it and said, why is masturbation so heavily frowned upon in religion? Notice I said religion and not the Bible because they don't really mention masturbation in the Bible. And the one guy who kind of did it like died instantly. So um, there's nothing. So the, if you're able to just like do do that, the point, it's not the masturbation itself that's the problem. It's the how, w- what you're doing it to, you know. Um, it's kind of like homosexuality. Like, I don't hate the person. I, I just don't like what they're doing. <laughs> so, <clears throat> it, the this question is stupid to me because it's not frowned upon in religion. If you just close your eyes and just go to town, I don't, that's, not a sin, you know what I mean? Um, I could be wrong. That could be like heresy. Um, because there's probably some scriptures that talk about that, that you could stretch and configure and kind of be like, yeah, he's talking about masturbation here. Yeah, I don't know. Not so sure. <clears throat> also, sorry, mom, if you're listening to this. Um, but yeah, I just think that's a dumb question. Because, yeah, like I said, he said religion, which is very vague term and I don't want to click on it and read his follow-up or whatever. The next one says kids are in school 30 hours a week, which is a full work week for some adults. So why do adults always say kids have so much freedom? Because they, they, they do. What do you, well, I mean, it depends what for a kid. Yeah, they have a lot of freedom, but it's kind of a different kind of freedom than adults have that a kid does, right? Like a kid doesn't have to worry about paying bills. The happenings of the world doesn't have to be concerned with anything but their, themselves. So they're in school 30 hours a week, uh, which is crazy because when I went to school, it was like eight hours. So it would be a full 40 hour work week. Um, and the reason people say 
you have a lot of freedom is because as soon as school is over, <clears throat> you're done. You got nothing to do. That's not the case with most adults. Like they get off of work, go home, and then they, they have to do crap. <laughs> gotta clean, gotta do the dishes, gotta, if you have pets, gotta take care of them, gotta whatever, then maybe you'll have some me time. Whereas when you're a kid, uh, outside of those 30 hours in a week, um, you can do whatever you want. <laughs> so, which is a full work week. Full work week in the sense that you'll get benefits, but it's not like the 40 hours a week is the, like the default. Um, so why do adults always say kids have so much freedom? It's like a straw man. It, it's like, who is saying this? Who? Why do adults say kids have so much freedom? So I guess this guy who posted it is not an adult because he says, why do adults? <laughs> Shouldn't he have said like, why other adults or something like that? I don't know. It just He's probably a grown man, but whatever. But it's a straw man, right? Um, why do they have so much freedom? They don't. They're kids. They don't have any freedom. I mean, they're free in America, right? They have that baseline amount of freedom, but you can't like, um, I mean, I guess you could just run away from home, but if you are like not wanting to do that, you want to stay in the house, then you're going to have to follow those rules and it's going to take away maybe some of your freedoms. Um, you're obviously not free when you're in school, but to say they have so much free time, like they do. I don't understand. Like, that's why I'm saying like this person must be a kid because when I think back to the workload that I had in high school or even in college, um, pales in comparison to my everyday life as an adult now. Um, so yeah, kids have a lot of free time and I don't know why he didn't say free, like free time. But he said freedom. I mean, we're all free in a sense, right? But just like kids, just like I'm not free to, kill somebody he's not free either doesn't matter how long he's been in school um so yeah i will deem this question also stupid okay so this next no stupid questions is uh, gonna break um uh everything i guess this is the, the, one of the dumbest questions that i've read in a long time um and so here it goes it's twelve thousand episodes so it says quote what if instead of getting married to someone whom we're sexually attracted, I'll pause there. There's a comma. It's a good place to pause. This person has never been married. And I can tell because you're not, people don't marry each other. At least they shouldn't. I guess I can't say that people don't, but that's not the only reason you're getting married is because you just like the way they look. What? That doesn't make any sense at all. Then you would get married to your, your the, the first person that you started dating. <laughs> but then it goes on. He says, uh, instead of getting married to someone we're attracted to, we get married to someone who we're compatible with. And then regardless of orientation, and then we can have sex with whomever we find attractive at the moment. Dear God, what a dumb question. I guess, yeah, we can call it dumb, but it's also just, yeah, just dumb. It's just really, really dumb. I mean, would you as the... Well, I mean, this is a little... I mean, you could stretch it out and say it's kind of a little misogynist. Like, you're treating the, the woman... Because he's not saying... I, I don't know. Is Can the woman reciprocate? Can she do the same thing? 
get married to you just because you're you guys are compatible and then she goes off doing whatever i would imagine he's not and i can say he because just the way he talks about it um i know this is a dude posting this and yes this is a stupid question what why are you thinking about this um what because right off the bat he's like instead of marrying someone we're uh, attracted to sexually as if that's the only criteria that's met to get married yeah okay yeah i'm only marrying you because you're pretty right now but as soon as that stops uh we're gonna have some problems what that, no there's a lot more reasons the reason you get married is because you're compatible and you're attracted to each other so if all it is if, if it, all you have with that person is that you are sexually attracted then you shouldn't get married what, what are you doing getting married and then if you find someone who you are compatible with, but I guess find them ugly? I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. And then and then have sex with whomever we, we find attractive at the, at the moment. The at the moment part is what gets me. Uh, there's a lot of parts they could. It's, they're all even, but at the moment, what we find attractive at the moment, it can just change willy-nilly. I didn't know that it was like possible. I didn't know you could just like... All right, one day I am really into Asian people, Asian girls, and then the next day it's, you know, specifically people from, you know, Nigeria. So not just regular black person, but a Nigerian. And then the next day, like, the, nobody does that. That's so crazy. What a dumb, dumb, dumb question. All right, now we're switching gears back to more more politics, um, more at least political things. Um, so... I talked last podcast about the Texas abortion ban and how everyone's freaking out because they can't kill their babies anymore. Um, I figured I'd talk a little bit about Roe v. Wade and just at like 10,000 uh, meter mile high. I don't know why I said meter just now, but 10,000 foot view of what it was. Uh, and it's, it's a ruling all the way back 1973, um, which is crazy because like I said in the last one, like the Dred Scott decision was terrible. So maybe, and they reconsidered it, and they fixed it. So we should probably fix this one too. Um, but here's the overview. It says in 1973, with a seven to two decision, so it was overwhelming majority, um, that banning abortion was going against the due process clause of the 14th amendment and the 14th amendment is uh has four sections and the one they're referring to is section one and it reads all persons born or naturalized in the united states and subject to the jurisdiction thereof are citizens of the united states and of the state wherein they reside no state shall make or enforce any law that shall abridge the privileges or immunities of citizens of the United States, nor shall any state deprive any person of life, liberty, or property without due process of law, nor deny any person within its jurisdiction the equal protection of the laws. So there it is. That's the 14th Amendment. Uh, what word did you not hear in the section one of the 14th amendment privacy where 
nowhere in the Constitution does it mention the right to uh, privacy. And it's crazy that they would use this as an argument because depriving a person of life, liberty, or property, I mean, a lot has changed between 1973 and now. So maybe back then they really didn't think it was a baby, but I think a lot more people now believe it's a baby. So maybe we should reevaluate re that decision because they, when I say they, I mean pro-choice people, pro-abortion people. Um, because really, if you're pro-choice, you're not saying like, okay, well, if you choose not to get an abortion at school, they, they act, like actively like abortions, right? I mean, there was this thing on Twitter, I think, and it's just some, it was like trending in, in general was like, shout out your abortion or something. So it's like, it's not really, they don't really, they're up for choice so long as you abort your baby. <laughs> um, kind of like feminism where we, you, as a woman, you can do anything you want and then you decide to be a housewife and then they hate you. But I, you know, I thought the point was to be able to choose. But it's funny that they would use this part so they cannot abridge uh, or deprive any person of life, liberty, or property without due process of law. Because how they got to the conclusion of Roe v. Wade that basically said it's okay to get an abortion in that same section is talking about the you know the state cannot deprive any person of life, liberty, or property. So if it, you know, back then they didn't consider it a baby, that makes sense. But now I think, I think a lot of people do, you know, and I think we've always kind of known, uh, even back in 1973, but why, um, why would you use, I don't see where the argument can be made, you know, and, and it was like overwhelming decision seven to two, like, um, I'd have to read like the arguments each justice makes because those are those are posted and it could be interesting to read or extremely boring i don't know i'm not sure but there is no right to privacy so that's like a it's a fake thing it's kind of like uh the separation of church and state does not exist in founding documents there are there's nothing about that and then the one they do mention that's in when the only time religion and government are talked about in the constitution is that the government cannot sponsor its own, you know, religion, just like England did back in their day, right? Was it King George or whatever? But was like, um, yo, Catholics, can this not be a sin so I can do it? And they were like, uh, no. And so then he said, okay, bump you guys, I'll create my own religion. And that's what happened. So they were like, we're not going to let that happen again here in America. So we're going to take that away. But where is this right to privacy? Where is it? I don't understand. Where is this? Like, it's, I'm not saying that, you know, the, you don't have any right to privacy so the government can just walk into your house at any time. But when you're basing a, you know, a judicial decision based off something that isn't in the Constitution, then you're, you're like a whole degree, a whole factor away from the original meaning of the 14th Amendment, Section 1. Um, and so I think 
just objectively, if you're pro-choice or pro-life, you can read through and do just a little bit of research on Roe v. Wade and come to the conclusion that it was a bad decision. It was, in terms of legal, the legality of it, it was a bad ruling. It's bad. It makes sense. So, um, because, like I said, the privacy doesn't exist, but what are you doing when you are aborting your baby? You're killing it. So you are depriving that person, the person in there, um, because the definition of a person doesn't necessarily mean, oh, like you have to explicitly be out of the womb to be a person and then have the right to live, have life, be free, liberty, or property, which I'm not sure a baby would really care about, but it's life pretty much, right? So they cannot deprive any person of life, liberty, or property, which is what you're doing to the baby, but somehow they are able to construe this into making sense for Roe v. Wade. And now, ever since 1973, abortions have been everywhere. You can get wherever you want, whenever, whatever. Um, I just think it's it's really a wild um, ruling to make. Um, it says here, uh, yeah, the ruling that the due process clause of the 14th Amendment provides a quote, and they put quotes around it because they know it doesn't, it's like a, it's, it's more of a, um, a signal, sort of a representation of something. It's not really uh, in the actual text itself. And they're saying due to that, it protects a pregnant woman's right to choose whether or not to have an abortion. But it also ruled that this right is not absolute and must be balanced against the government's interests, blah, blah, blah. So that's just very high level uh, Roe v. Wade. Um, I just, I can't believe it's 72. I thought it'd be a little like 5'4 like or something. Like it was just barely. Um, but how they came to the conclusion is insane. Um, because... Let's say, because I feel I feel like Texas like is when they're making their laws, the heartbeat, the the fetal heartbeat laws, they're like making a um, concession to the left. All right, or we we won't consider life to have started at conception, which is what we inside our minds believe, but we'll meet you halfway, kind of, and say uh, you can't get an abortion after six weeks, which is smart because a lot of women won't know they're pregnant before six weeks. Another reason why it's clever is because if you call it fetal heartbeat, you know, it's real easy to make the case. It's a real easy argument to make the case that it's a person when it has its own heartbeat. You know what I mean? So <clears throat> maybe it's not a concession and it was a planned thing. Um, but I just think it's ridiculous that people are getting so bent out of shape about this um, because it comes off as like they really, really, really want people to like kill their unborn babies. And I, I don't know why, um, especially because a vast majority of abortions that occur are done to the person who is aborting their child is black. So banning uh, abortion outright or the six-week thing 
um, would produce more black people. So if you so you could turn around on them if you want to and be like, well, uh, because you want abortion to be around and the race that the people that use abortion as, um, I guess, reproductive right or, or method, which I'll, I'll talk about that later, um, it would affect them. So I guess you just don't want more black people, right? You're the racist, not me. You want to kill black babies before they're even born. You want to kill um, children who, when they do a gene test, they can see he has the markings for autism or Down syndrome or anything like that. Um, so they want to kill those guys. You know what I mean? If it was up to the left, there would be no Paralympics, right? Um, except, I mean, I guess they would say, well, you couldn't have been born with it. You have to have like had an accident and then do it. Um, so because a lot of people refer to abortion as reproductive rights, right? So whenever you reproduce something, in this case, a, a human. And so when it's six weeks in or one week in or half an hour in, once the, the embryo has attached to the uterine wall or even before that, when the sperm hits the egg, that right there at conception, that is when life starts. Um, that's the reproduction that has occurred. That has finished. We have, we have successfully reproduced. You know what I mean? So it's abortion has nothing to do with reproduction, right? There is no outcome from an abortion that is a reproduction of something, right? You're killing, you're destroying something. So, um, yeah, I just think that for something that's like over 50 years old or not over 50, a little under 50, um, has, has not been, you know, rethought, you know, it have, has it ever gone back to the Supreme Court? Because um, this decision almost seemed like they're legislating from the bench, which is like a big no-no for the Supreme Court. Um, and this was in 1973, not even today, where they have they, the, that branch of the government has even more power. But they're really legislating from the bench, it seems like. So I just kind of wanted to throw it out, that out there and... Uh, kind of show you a little bit into the background of Roe v. Wade. There's obviously a lot behind it since the decision and then obviously today. So um, I just think it's, I, I don't, I don't understand. And I said this in my last podcast, but I'll repeat myself. I do not understand if it has a, a beating heart, has a beating heart and a bunch of other stuff too. At six weeks, I mean, you gotta have a nervous system, at least a basic one, to make the heart like contract. You know, so you're still telling me that it has a heartbeat, and you can kill it. That that is a tough sell. And the way doctors do an abortion before you know week ten, week twelve, uh, is with a pill, and it's not like a pill that you swallow. It's a pill that you have to insert all the way through the cervix into the, the uterus. And I'm sure that uh, what it does, actually, I'm going to look up what it does right now. Okay, so I, uh, I'm, 
I was like half right, half wrong. You don't insert it. I guess nowadays you're able to just take a pill um, before 12 weeks into your pregnancy called, I'm not going to try to say that, but there's some medicine that you take. And according to Planned Parenthood, um, the pill that you take uh, blocks a certain hormone that would tell and help the baby to grow, right? This is what it says. First, you can take a pill called Mifepristone, I guess is what you, how you take it. I don't know. Pregnancy needs a hormone called progesterone. I don't, I don't know. I, that, I sound really stupid. What? It's a really a big, it's just a medical, like, pharmacy word, I guess. But it says it needs that hormone to grow normally. But the medicine that you just took blocks your body's ability to make that hormone, stopping the pregnancy from growing. So my first question is, what does that, like how, so when it says stopping the pregnancy from growing, you know, um, I think it's a two-pronged attack because it's A, killing the baby, and then B, it'll, it's inducing a, a really, it's going to induce a really heavy uh, period where the, the actual fetus will come out of the woman's body. And you'll just like pass it like you would a kidney stone, which is insane. Um, so that's the one that's advertised, you know, oh, just take this pill. It doesn't really, you know, it's a, it's a very effective and safe way. Um, but it actually isn't. I mean, I'm looking at WebMD or, uh, Healthline.com, they're talking about the different kinds of abortions you can have um, at 12 weeks. And so they do have medicine medicine abortion. Um, And it's this combination of the two medicines I couldn't pronounce earlier. And it just, it's a cancer drug that stops cells from multiplying. So it stops the cells in the embryo from multiplying. Which is is misleading because embryo is not what it is. If you Google what does a 12-week-old baby look like, it, it looks like a little baby. It has legs, feet, toes, hands, eyes, little places where ears are going to grow in. Like, it's got a little butt, everything. Like, let me read you some of the things that a 12-week-old baby has. Reflexes. Uh... Your baby's fingers will soon begin to open and close. His toes will curl. He's starting to grow hair and nails. His guts are growing. It's uh, it's crazy. And at 12 weeks, your baby is about the size of a lion. So most of the time, people don't know they're pregnant that early, right? Six, five, seven, in that time frame. You know what I mean? They may suspect it, but I don't know. Um, but they will sometimes do a different procedure for the first trimester of a pregnancy. And, um, if the pill doesn't work, so you've killed the baby and there's this dead baby inside you. (laughs) I don't know how you, you don't have some sort of meltdown right then. Like, dear God, what have I done? Um, it's, it's called vacuum aspiration. Um, 
It's also called suction aspiration. I feel like uh, you need to like bury the lead a little bit better because when you have the word vacuum in it, like I already really know what it does. <laughs> it says uses a gentle suction, a gentle suction. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure it's very gentle to suck the fetus and placenta out of the uterus. Oh my goodness, like that's crazy. Uh, so you read that and it says sucks the fetus out of the uterus and then you go and look at a picture of what a 12 week old baby looks like. And it's a, it's a actual freaking baby. We can even back it up further, go to eight weeks. Um, it's a little bit more non-human looking, but you can definitely tell he's got arms. He got, he's sprouting some fingers. He's getting his feet together, starting to kind of organize his organs. He, like it's, you know, he has a brain. So at eight weeks, he's moving around. That's like when you start to feel movement, apparently. Um, he's going to start breathing. You're, <laughs> I guess not breathing, you know, because he's in water, but, um, he, has the ability to respirate. So he's developing lungs, the nerve network starting more complex. Um, and at this point it's about the size of a kidney bean at eight weeks. So, um, there they go inside of a person through the cervix in there and they just suck everything up with a vacuum. And then I guess they just throw it away. I mean, even at eight weeks, like this, it looks like a person. It's a, it's a little baby, you know? I think people just want to like avoid that from because they don't want to feel bad, I guess. I don't know. Like I said in the last podcast, I, I just don't understand it. And I know I've been rambling on about this, but it's like, it's, it's important to look at these pictures, you know? Not the pictures of the abortion, but the pictures of what the baby looks like. Because people... Like the left in Planned Parenthood, they all want you to think that the baby is just like this embryo. It's like uh, kind of no shape. Uh, it's like a circle, basically, a big lump, you know, that's just growing until you give birth and all of a sudden it's a baby. No, it's like just different stages of little tiny baby to slightly bigger baby. Um, so I think it's a, it's a tough sell. It's a tough argument to make against the heartbeat rule because it has a heartbeat. You're telling me that you're still allowed to kill it. That's crazy. Um, and I also read in a different article that uh, it's actually preferred. The suction method is more preferred than the pill, probably because it's uh, has a very high success rate and doesn't necessarily mean you're going to have a really heavy period. So, um, yeah, I, I just, it blows my mind. I don't, I, I, there's, people are so committed to the cause that they, they have to, they can't be, uh, intellectually honest at all, I guess. I don't know. I don't understand the other side on this argument, as I said before. So, uh, I want to end on something a little bit lighter. Um, it's just something that I was thinking about. Uh, just recently over the last couple months. Um, and I don't know if anyone else can relate, but you know, it's not like I, when I farted, it's not like I am like, like I'm wafting it towards my nostrils and I'm like, mm, that's some good stuff. But I didn't like, it didn't repulse me. You know what I mean? So 
I don't know if it's my diet or whatever, but over the last couple of weeks or months, when I fart, it has like this same smell and I hate it. I hate it. I, like, it's, I don't know. I mean, you're supposed to not like the way your poop smells or your fart smell, but I really don't like the way my fart smell or my poop for that matter. And I'm not, I'm not saying that earlier in my life, I liked the smell of my farts. I, I know that it's gross and it smells bad, but they're my farts. So I'm used to them. They're not as repulsive. For some reason, currently, my farts and poop repulse me more than just like the average level that you should have towards your own farts and poop. Um, so I, th I, th I thought that'd be a little, everyone likes, you know, talking about farts and poop. I know how adults work, okay? It's all poop jokes. That's what really sells. Um, so we can end on uh, something kind of light like that. And, and I'd, I'd like to think I'm not the only one, you know, that suddenly your farts kind of change the way they, how they smell and you hate it. And like, so when you're pooping, um, like you have to courtesy flush yourself basically because you don't want to smell it. So I know that is very, uh, not related to anything that we've been talking about previously, but I wanted to end on something a little lighter little more uh, fun, I guess. Um, I know I've been promising for a, a podcast interview with a friend of mine. Um, it just, his schedule is crazy, so it's hard to find a time. And my schedule is crazy. It's hard to find time, a couple hours to get together. Not even a couple hours. We could really just knock it out like an hour or two. Um, and then I would work on it, and that's where the extra hours would come in. Um, I've been teasing uh, an interview with a friend of mine, uh, so who is a psych major and getting his uh, master's right now. So I'm sure he would have a lot of opinions on transgender stuff and all kinds, all kinds of interesting things. So I'm gonna keep teasing it until it happens. So uh, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna keep saying it's coming, but I'm not gonna tell you when. It's kind of like the end of days, right? No one really knows, and you never will. It's just gonna happen one day. So. There's just going to be one podcast. Might be the next one. Might be 10 from now. I'll have a guest. You, you never know. That's why you should always tune in, listen all the way through. Because who knows what would happen? Who knows what, what you're missing out on if you skip it? You don't think it's interesting? Might have a cool guest. Who knows? We're growing people. So, uh, as always, thanks for uh, for listening all the way to this part. Uh, I appreciate, you know, when I, when I look up the stats on my podcast, I mean, they're really small, but it's cool that either a robot or a person <laughs> uh, clicked the button to follow my Spotify podcast and the fact that they just listen to it. So I really appreciate everyone who listens because uh, I know I'm still trying to get the hang of things. I'm trying to have a routine and it be more like regular uh, and at the same time improve quality. So thanks for listening. I hope you guys enjoyed this one and I'll uh, see you in the next one. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Far too kind. Uh, yeah. Ready? Uh, Can I get an uh?